1999 was possibly the best year in film of the whole decade. Beyond the three films we boys picked, there was also Fight Club, 10 Things I Hate About You, and The Sixth Sense, The Matrix, Toy Story 2, Tarzan, even more. Of all these options, the Oscars made what seemed like a no-brainer decision. They picked what was hands down the critical consensus best movie of the year, American Beauty. Unfortunately, the unique style and depiction of 90s suburbia didn't age well. Its style was copied and improved on, and its demented image of tortured middle-class life now seems unseemly. Nowadays, its director is doing better things, Bond movies, and its star is doing worse things, being accused of sex crimes. (laughs) So what are we doing? We're trying to find the beauty in American Beauty. Never underestimate the power of denial. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I am joined by... I am joined, as always, by... I'm Chad. Um, uh, whoa, uh, are you... Are you... Are you oh, jacking off? Oh, right. Shoot me. I was whacking off. That's right. I was choking the bishop, chafing the carrot, you know, saying hi to my monster. I'm Mark Watlington. <laughs> See, I lived with Mark as his roommate, and this was a daily exchange. <laughs> well, um, you said it on the your old podcast, uh, Mac or two. I guess it was all three of our podcasts at one point. But at one point, you 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 called him out on some masturbating at some point on Mac. It or wasn't two. real. Yeah, like I, I never yeah. actually got Mark, but I I accuse him of it a lot. I don't yeah, know why. Every time he's home alone, that's just what he's doing. Is the yeah, Mac or two? Some people like, are Ed building. Cannon. Some people are building traps, and some are slapping <laughs> they're made about i don't know it's it's not like i am shaming him for it either it just for some reason is funny to me yeah i don't know it, it's even funnier because like just completely like you were like oh mark's single so he's probably jacking <laughs> off that's what i would right. be doing right um so what are we talking about oh i almost picked that as like the opening thing and jacking I was like, off Oh. Yeah, but I th- was like, this feels a bit gross to start the show <laughs> yeah, no off. Shit. Yeah, we don't want to start the show <laughs> off by talking about jacking off. Can you imagine how many yeah. people would just click just the pause button, turn yeah. it off? At least you get the download, though. I sent yeah, that so idea to Chad, thinking he would be like, uh, I'll wait till I see it to see if I can find something better. And he was like, sounds good. Who wants to be what? <laughs> this was before I even saw the movie. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Great. I can't wonderful. imagine anything in the movie is better than that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys could have just done um, the lyrics from Katy Perry's Firework. Okay. <laughs> so, can we talk about. Right. So, the movie we're discussing this so, week is American Beauty, which yeah. won Best Picture in 1999 for some fucking reason. Yeah. So, it's, in, it's in the movie, in, in, in the movie, there's a scene with a floating plastic bag. We'll get to it later. Drifting but right in the now, wind. I, 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 I was beautiful. The, one of the more beautiful things I've ever seen. Did Katy Perry see American Beauty? Like, it's yes. got to be an American yes. Beauty reference, right? It is an American Beauty Why? reference. Why? Why? Um, because this movie was insanely popular and well like, regarded. So, is the idea that Kevin Spacey's character felt like a plastic bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again, and well, then he blew up like a firework at the end of the movie? What is I guess kind of. What's yeah. weird about that is that, like, in the movie, like... No one ever says, like, the reason, like, th- th- okay, we're going to talk about this in, like, an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and get into it now. <laughs> Let's, just dive. Um, Let's just dive into the end, memento um, style. Like, uh, 
Wes Bentley shows this clip and is like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then, like, doesn't really say anything about it other than that it's beautiful. Uh, and I, but I think you're like, you know, supposed to kind of like see that, like, you know, you don't really have control over your life. You just kind of float around however, you know, time and whatever mm-hmm. takes you. God uh, bless you. And then Thank Katy you. Perry is like, do I summarize this whole movie here? Uh, and it's like, you know, <laughs> kind of, uh, uh, dumb, uh, a dumb lyric and also a dumb movie and a, a Dumb, but dumb, dumb, but dumb, that dumb, song dumb. is a jam. And that song's a pop. Let's be it's, it's a pop. It's a great song. So uh, <sighs> we really should wait to talk about American Beauty. But now I'm just yeah. thinking about like, do you think there's anyone in the world in the year of our Lord 2019 who you walk up to him and ask what's their favorite movie and they say American Beauty? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, For 100%. You know this for a fact. No, I mean, look, I have met a lot of film people, so I do yeah. know this for a fact. Well, uh, the ratings on Letterboxd are all insanely high. And, like, I expected ratings to be high on things like on the internet because people voted a long time ago. Like, I don't know, people might have voted this movie really high in 2006, but maybe not in 2019. Yeah. yeah. But Letterboxd being a relatively new app, I kind of thought people would go cold on the movie. And uh, they did not. It's like 4.5 stars or something on Letterboxd. And then all the people I follow, no one rates it higher than three stars. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I, I I think I, again, we'll get into it. But the the, the cynicism, just, I, I, I'm just not that into anymore. But um, before we get started. Uh, yeah, let's, let's. Cody. Let's, yeah, um, uh, Chad's trying to take my God, time. it feels so weird to do this. Uh, yeah, don't, don't shut the fuck up. What have you seen at the Megaplex recently? I need you to stop yelling. My head hurts I'm so sorry. Bad. Am I talking louder? Yes. Um, so, voice, so sorry. <laughs> it's your host voice, and yeah. it's very loud. Um, so what did I see at the Megaplex? I saw What Men Want, and guess what men want? Not Sex. to watch that movie? Oh. <laughs> yeah, like... I th- I th- I think that men want that movie to be over. <laughs> but I think also women want that movie to be over. I yes. think that movie's not the best. It looked like funny enough in the trailer. It's not. It's, it's not, not, yeah. Um, here's the shocking twist. It's not. It also like definitely is like, okay, so we're gender swapping this movie. It's going to be more progressive. I kind of think the movie's more regressive. It's almost as regressive. I mean, it's hard to be as regressive, I guess, as the original. But... Mm-hmm. It's it's like kind of weirdly regressive. Like it's very much like, hey girl, if you're just nicer to men, you'll get along better in life. And like they they try to like, you know, she has a boss who like d- doesn't want to fire her because of this climate and like shit like that. And it's just so th- so they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. But like the ultimate message is like kind of regressive the movie i straight up like it eventually does but about 50 minutes in i was like and again you know this isn't the end all be all of whether or not a movie is like worthy or not but i i thought to myself does this pass the bechtel test and at that point it didn't like it (laughs) it, it, it's it's bizarre you can kind of tell I, i think there was a female writer on it but there were lots more male writers and a male director it just weird choice for this movie 
for yeah, real. Yeah, the, the the trailer definitely, especially since the original was directed by a woman, um, Nancy Myers. Um, but I think, I think the trailer was selling a slightly different movie than the one we got. Um, th- there was another point again, probably fifty minutes in, where I'm like. Oh right, she will hear thoughts of men in this movie. Like you kind of forget that that's the premise. It takes a long time to get to that point. You kind of think the premise is she's just like a sports agent trying to sell a client, which would have been a fine movie. Like they just added the thing on top of it. I don't know. I think think what's interesting is that like with what women want, like that movie is regressive in its own way. But like the moral right. of the, of that story is like Mel Gibson is like realizing that like women want things, uh, right. and like that is his lesson. And like you know, to some extent, like you know, men kind of tend to think that like everything is for men, and you know, women are like to be used. Uh, so like that, you know, moral is you know important to some people, I guess. Um, so where does what a girl wants uh, fall in on the spectrum? Well, is that well, one where she gets to read the mind of British people? <laughs> I think so. I just know yeah, it. She I've goes never to seen Britain. The movie. Yeah. It's Amanda Bynes goes, goes to Britain. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, but to, to finish my my uh, analogy here, if if what what men want, if what women want is like you know uh, to be treated like equals, then like what men want is like to be catered to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like and, we want girls to be nice to us. Yeah, it, guess, and and yeah. like you know that is what women have been doing does, for men for thousands. Does she of years, learn is like to like their needs? Is, and it's does she like, like learn lessons like don't be so shrill and uh, kinda. don't talk down to like is that, is that where she ends the movie is like being like I'm gonna stop Sh- being so abrasive and annoying abrasive um, yes shrill not so much yeah. she never really gets accused I don't of that, think but anyone abrasive. would ever accuse her of being shrill no That's but but the the, the yeah. abrasive and aggressive they they say you don't know how to relate to men you're too aggressive and she learns how to be softer yeah I just <sighs> it's it's not it's not perfect i am glad rom-coms exist i just wish we had better <laughs> theatrical ones because like well, this we, week we is do. isn't it romantic which i will see pretty but bad. is not gonna be good but like last no, year we had two, all the boys cody, i love before cody, and cody, cody. you forget she knows she's in a rom-com so you know I it's gonna know. be good that I is, know. You know, I think if you look closely in the background of that movie, Deadpool's there. <laughs> exactly. Mm. I think I'm weirdly, as somebody who l- used to love meta things, I am sort of exhausted by meta humor now, which may have been, this is a good transition well, in a Chad's movie, why I didn't necessarily love the Lego movie 100%. Because I'm like, well, I think, meta stuff is kind of funny. It just yeah. uh, isn't 100% working for me. I think we reached peak meta like three or four years ago. And like, now it just feels tired to to do meta. Um, well, I, um, I think that like good meta is like commenting on the movie and mm-hmm. like you know and commenting on like you know the tropes that movies make in like a smart way and a way to subvert yes, that. Yes, but nowadays true. it's like, oh, we're doing a trope. Isn't that funny? In like a lazy right. way. Right. And like, so the movie I saw on the Megaplex is the Lego movie too. And it's meta humor is like, I'm it does sorry, make the, like a lot of like pop culture references and stuff like that. That what, like, what's the name of the movie? The Lego movie. The second part. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, but it's, it's humor. Like, and it's 
meta-ness for me. It's it's more about like the fact that the whole movie is just actually about like a kid and what the kid is like going through and dealing with. Uh for Lego movie part one and then part two carries that trend where like it's almost too much in my opinion. I could see that argument, but I I like that th- these movies have that touch and I love the Lego Batman, but I think it's missing it a little bit. I think right. it could be like, I don't know. Maybe that movie should just be the fun Lego Batman movie and that's fine. But I do like that touch that this movie is like the whole movie is like, how is this kid playing with his toys? And what is that telling you about where he's at in life? Um, my, my other big <laughs> problem with Lego movie, Mark cover yours for like 15 seconds. Okay, I'll give you I'm, a signal. I totally to am. Um, is that I think the first one did a very beautiful job of like it being about a son and his father and yeah. how one interacts with, and then they just turn the dad into a bumbling, like stereotypical <laughs> sitcom dad for all yeah, of the second it's one, which weird. sucks. It's a, that was like a weird choice that you like very weird and it kind of undercuts the first movie they melded their relationship so he can go play golf and not be a dad exactly i think the real joke there is that will ferrell didn't have time to be in this movie and so he just gave like a he came in for like 30 seconds to do like some half-assed like voice stuff but uh yeah i think the 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 relationship in this movie is is done really well too. It's very funny. There are certain things like certain references that uh, just had me like guffawing. I I couldn't like. I think you put it in your letterbox and like it's just, I can't believe this is in this movie that's supposed to be for children. They're like putting yeah. it in this. There's one joke specific to Chad, which is why like I expected you to love this movie fully. What's the uh, what's the joke? It's, it's your boy. It's your boy. Oh, yeah. it's my boy. I was like cackling. Yeah, that was um, so good. Th- they make a really jo- good joke about or towards the end with a um, song where they reference Radiohead, which was only yeah. for adults. And it's Wh- very What funny, was that? But- the Radiohead thing had me like just con- yeah, confused that it was in the movie. But- right. But, but, but yes, I think it's a fine sequel. You could tell that... Phil and uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller definitely like still wrote it, mm-hmm. but you could tell it definitely had a different director, and that the director mm-hmm. is the guy who did Trolls and other things. Like it just wasn't as fine tuned, I don't think, yeah. as the first one. I if- was getting a little bored, like right at right at the beginning of the second act. I think where yes. like it was, it just felt like it was dragging. Like we had too many scenes of Rex Danger Vest and Emmett just talking in the spaceship and like not yeah. doing anything. I don't know. Well, and it, it it had kind of yeah, it was a mix of like I I'm, I'm a bit bored. This mm-hmm. is slow, but then also way too much is happening. This is an aggressive like screaming kids movie. Yeah. It kind of occasionally would alternate between the two. I think there are parts in the movie that absolutely rule. Yeah, I the, really do. The I just, Queen, whatever one Abby's song, yeah. uh, is incredible. Yeah. It's a it's a full on musical. Mark hasn't seen it yet, and he's one of the biggest Lego Movie fans. So like it, I yeah. I want him to see it. But oh, thanks for the thanks for the signal. I've been uh, patiently <laughs> reading your lips with my headphones off. Um, I think one thing that is holding me back from watching this movie uh, has been like I think the reveal at the end of the first Lego Movie is so like 
mind-breaking. Like, I saw the first Lego movie twice within 24 hours of its release. Like I, I, saw I think I op- was mm-hmm. I, I saw one of those with the I, I we we saw an opening night and then like I yeah. caught a matinee the next day to show some other people, um, right. just because like I I fully could not believe what I had watched and like the reveal that they pulled off. Where like mm-hmm. you, I reading y'all's lips, I heard <laughs> that you guys were talking about like how it, it was like the whole first movie was about this relationship between a dad and a son, yeah. but I think what's what's re- more remarkable is that you didn't realize it was that story until the last 20 minutes right uh whereas like this one i'm going into it and like you know it hinted that little sister's gonna be in the second one at the end of the first one right yeah. so, so even like, if you i watched the first reading guard lips you would have known exactly what this movie is gonna be exactly from yeah i mean yeah. i watched the trailer and i was like oh so like this is about the little sister i mean yeah, so, like, it's it's never like subtle in this movie it starts out like well, the first scene is live action uh, oh, or wow. like bl- blended live action with animation. Like it's a Th- weird... there's in my opinion, there's way too much live action in this movie. There's I a, think a, they laid way too much. Too, into yeah, it. it's it's almost like they don't trust us to put the pe- pieces, put the pieces <laughs> together uh, ourselves. Uh, even though so like saying... the first one did such a good job of like trusting its audience and like the, yeah, the... and none of the twists in this movie are like that good or mm-hmm. as jaw-dropping as they think they are one of them's one of them's pretty good i don't see i don't think so i think it's pretty obvious and i was like oh okay fine yeah uh hey mark uh what did you see at the well uh what what did you see (laughs) well i stayed home from the megaplex other than seeing you know three or four things last weekend um (laughs) but the the thing that i saw that i think i'm most excited about was high flying bird uh steven soderbergh's new iphone movie what's up code Right, so now that you and I are total jocks who love basketball because of this movie. <laughs> hey, fuck off. I've always liked basketball. <laughs> no, basketball actually is pretty exciting every time I watch that. But do we just pummel the shit out of Chad for not fucking watching this movie yet, even though he has a yeah, Netflix Chad, account? Are you afraid of watching the total of one second of basketball that's in this movie? <laughs> there truly is. No, like, just, that's why this movie is kind of brilliant. It, okay? um, this we, is my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, no, it is. agreed. Um, I'm so glass, but I hadn't I'd seen three movies. So. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think what I love about this movie is that, like, I love sports, but I also love, like, um, just, like, the, the background stuff that happens in sports in terms of, like, the storylines that are being Me told. Too. And, like, some of, like, uh, baseball is, like, you know... People think that that baseball players are going to strike in 2021, and I'm like, cannot oh, wait. And I'm like, like reading up on the drama, and like very excited. Like free, like this free agency season has been like exciting because it's it's a lot of weird things have been happening. And I think that um, this movie is is about like they reference it all the time, like the game behind the game, um, yeah. which is which is really interesting to me. And I also think it's about Soderbergh talking about the game behind the game of movie making where he is really interested in like the way movies are financed. He's always been a super indie guy. Yeah. um, And never really made like a huge studio movie. um, I mean, the oceans would be the closest. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that like this movie is him talking about like how he, he just wants to like disrupt the game and to feel, feel it in his hands just for a second, uh, which I think is really interesting. I, I, Love it. Like, I truly was, like, blown away. It feels like a Soderbergh heist movie, 
the <laughs> whole time, which is incredible. It 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 feels <laughs> almost Sorkin esque in its dialogue, but like good Sorkin. It's the guy which who has wrote been kind of, Yeah, it's the guy who wrote Moonlight. Um, which like Moonlight is a good movie, but yeah. I don't remember like fast talking like good dialogue it's not a fast talk it's very good dialogue in moonlight yeah. but it's not like a fast talky i wouldn't compare it to aaron sorkin for like a second but no so that's interesting that this movie is well it, like it just I don't know. it fucking moves like yeah. i love and it's an hour and a half a fucking masterpiece <laughs> did you guys so, know that that sorkin or soderbergh was gonna make Moneyball at first no interesting I'm about to pass out. I know, dude. So when I found out that a Sorkin movie was originally a Soderbergh movie, I almost died. It was well because Moneyball is good, but like, could you imagine how much Um, even better it could be? But like, when Soderbergh was going to make it, Sorkin hadn't signed on yet. It was a different script, so it was it was never going to be a Sorkin Soderbergh production. I don't know if the world could handle that personally. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I don't know if they could handle each other. Well, um, since David Fincher just is like, who fucking knows what he's doing right now? What if Soderbergh took the Social Network sequel? Like, I'd be look, I'd be so oh. into it, but I I think that Sorkin should write the Soderbergh sequel, and I don't think, I mean, look, I would die to see Sorkin and Soderbergh work together. Um, I want but, Soderbergh to do something set in the tech world. Like that's not a world he's really. S- stepped his toe into in his mm-hmm. stories but i think that would be so cool yeah the no, modern absolutely. like startup culture kind of right. thing, like yeah um so back to high flying bird um uh-huh i'm I, I need to just watch it and this would answer the question for me but it, it being shot can, entirely on iphone um mm-hmm. it seems like in the trailer that he like really like learned how to shoot a freaking movie on his smartphone even more so than unsane like it looks yeah. more visually it looks good stunning yeah to me. I, I think that like unsane really felt like a um a pilot for this like iphone camera like mm-hmm. just in terms of like okay what can i do with this iphone camera and then high flying bird feels a little bit more refined uh, right. and i loved yeah. the way unsane looked throughout yeah it, yeah, was, I, it was cool looking but like it was it felt limited in a way that it just from what I saw in the trailer and like some of the stylistic choices he made feels less like constrained. High High flying bird never, never ever feels limited. High flying bird, I think looks great. And like, I think shooting on the iPhone, like it looks, it looks good. I I think Mm -hmm. the whole movie, I wasn't really thinking about it being shot on an iPhone. I think the narrative reason for Unsane works a little better for me. Like, if you asked me why High Flying Bird was shot in on the iPhone, I would tell you oh, well, Steven Soderbergh wanted to. No, Unsane, I can do an argument of like, well, it's supposed to be claustrophobic and right up in her face and blah, that, blah, 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 blah. That's interesting because people have been saying the opposite about yeah, High Flying Bird. I've, I've and read I the agree opposite with you. too. I think that, that Unsane is about like you know, feeling stalked in the internet yeah, age, exactly. which is all mm-hmm. about like cell phone footage and you're never mm-hmm. far away from your cell phone. Uh, but like, this is about putting, putting like sports media and like the, the turning point of this movie is when they, they film a, a basketball, like a one-on-one basketball game on cell phones and social yeah. media. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think that yeah. like, that is the tie in like iPhones gotcha. have, okay. have changed the way sports media works and, and okay. that film works. Yeah, gotcha. coming from someone who hasn't seen the movie, but just hearing you talk about it, yeah, just it feels thematically connected to the idea of like 
disrupting like just the way of doing things. Like, you yeah, know, we've, we've absolutely. always shot movies on certain cameras and done certain ways. And then Soderbergh's just like, nah, I'm gonna do it my way. Uh, what what's funny is I like truly do adore this movie, but what's funny is it a probably will not stand as my number one movie of the year. But mm-hmm. there is also probably a high chance it's not my number one Soderbergh movie of the year because he's got he one coming out? out in the fall. Oh um, fuck! I always forget. What does he it's put out in the, the fall? It's called the Laundromat. I don't even know the premise. I just know that he's making <laughs> two right. movies. Sure, Soderbergh. Um. He there like, isn't much of a premise online as last time I checked. But I know it's got a cast of Gary Oldman, Meryl Streep, David Schwimmer, um, Antonio Banderas, <laughs> James Cromwell, uh, Chris Parnell, Jeffrey Wright, Will Forte. Uh, like, I love Antonio Banderas. I mean, I'm, I'm jacking off in the shower just thinking about any it. any movie at all. Okay, here's the premise. I oh, said, my God, here's the premise. I said... <laughs> I heard you. I said I'm it, jacking off in the shower just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I I heard you. So, follows a group of journalists who take part in unearthing 11.5 million files linking the world's most powerful political figures to secret banking accounts oh, shit. to avoid taxes. It's the Panama this is Papers. It's the Panama Papers. It's the Panama Papers. Oh, oh man, I'm jacking <laughs> off in my shower just thinking about um, it. Hey, yeah, well, you know who else jacks off in their shower? He, Kevin he Spacey. Was, he was my he was mine. Um Soderbergh famously won the Palme d'Or for his uh, first ever movie about a uh, creepo who films people on videotape. You know who else had a debut movie about creepos who film people on videotapes? Sam is Mendes. this Sam Mendes's first it movie? It is, yeah. He came straight off Weird. of Broadway where he had made okay. Cabaret. That actually, Sam Mendes as a theater director actually makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like what he does in this movie uh, is very theatrical. Yeah. Well, Spotlights and, and yes. et cetera. Yeah. It's written by Alan Ball, who I also believe came from theater, but I don't know that for a fact. Alan Ball came from sitcoms. Okay, I know he goes on to write True Blood, but also other things. That is he. Fuck, I'm gonna look like a big. But this is this is Alan Ball's first screenplay as well. What the heck? So just the first thing you write under and True Blood, yeah. The first thing you write and the first thing you direct is the Academy Award winning Best Picture. Yeah. That's in, that's mean, an insane place to start your like it's, career it's in movies. It was the same for the and people who did Moonlight. Both of them were first time people. Um, <laughs> I don't think Moonlight was actually his first movie ever. I mean, in terms of he had like a senior project feature. Oh, sure. Uh, but, yeah. but like it played on festivals and got good reviews and everything. Right. This is like he went from making a Broadway play to making a movie for Spielberg. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg's involved in this movie, which didn't make me the most happy to find out. Yeah, about, he wasn't whatever. heavily involved, but no, it was, he it bought his production grant. company. Like, yeah, yeah it's just, he, he like sort of read a I script mean, and like bought of it. Of all the things to be bothered about by Spielberg's career, this is like bottom of the list for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love Spielberg. Nothing against him. Right, 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 right. There's, there's things, there's, there's some like, things i don't like about his career kingdom of the crystal skull being one okay it's fine anyway so alan ball yes this is his first screenplay and he definitely like wrote it in like a low time when he was like mad at the world which fucking could have told you that without googling a single thing the one about the sad man who blows his brains out at the end of the movie is uh, well he doesn't do that but someone else his, his brains get blown out 
Yes. Um, but I was looking yeah. down and then seeing, I'll be honest, I thought he killed himself. That's interesting. No, no. he did not, even a little bit. I Marine thought that the, the guy him. was like planning on killing him and then he... Nope. Huh. Who, no. ki- Wait, who the fuck killed him? I was looking down. <laughs> we will get to it. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so it makes sense. This was meant to be kind of a calling card movie, not even a movie that really got made. Um, so it's crazy. So let's talk about it. American Beauty. We start with Lester, played by... Kevin Spacey. He sucks. Let's address it. Kevin Spacey sucks. Um, um, both a real-life and fictional pedophile. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he's not... <sighs> the difference between his character and him in real life is in real life, he's into boys. Right. Yep. Same so age, though. <laughs> same age. So let's talk about this real quick. He won Best Actor for this movie. Correct. He, he mm-hmm. is a bad dude. But there are movies where I would say he's good in. Like, I think he's good in Seven. I think he's been good in things. I don't think he's the best in this. There was a part where I, like, and I promise I wasn't, like, letting he sucks sway me into this opinion. But I think he gets better as the movie goes when he becomes more of an asshole. Surprise. It starts working. But in the early scenes, particularly the scene where he's, like, slack-jawed staring at somebody, I was like... I think this is bad acting. No, like, the, I don't I, think it's that. Good. I agree a hundred percent. Some of the earlier scenes, like when he's like being awkward around the teen girl, like it's mm-hmm. and like he's got like his crush. I don't know if it's if part of it's just that he was written so strangely and so it was like difficult right. to pull off, or if he just was giving a bad performance. But I don't know him scurrying away from the door when they like think that they hear him on the other side. It's just. Odd and weird. It's a really yeah. weird character. Um, yes. And I, I think he does a pretty good job at it. Um, yeah, but I don't we're talking about an Academy Award winning performance. In 1999. Yeah. Which is the weird thing that we have to reckon with this whole time is this I mean, is considered one of the best years in cinema. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, Broderick he, was doing better work. That's what I was about to say. Like, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Broderick is a similar character. Not the exact same, but similar. Yeah. And that one's better. Anyway. So he was nominated against Russell Crowe from The Insider. Um, and three other people in movies I hadn't seen. I haven't seen. But, like, Richard Farmsworth, Sean Penn, and Denzel. Um, okay, I think well. I think Russell Crowe is, is better than Kevin Spacey. Is, is yeah, of, of the two so. that I've seen, this is yeah. the wrong pick. So uh, we start with Lester narrating. He lets us know that he ends up dying, but we don't know how. Like the movie, mm-hmm. the movie actually doesn't start with that. It starts with footage of um, the daughter, um, mm-hmm. like, right, but it's yeah. from later on in the movie where yeah. she's like complaining about how bad her dad sucks and mm-hmm. that he doesn't deserve to live. And then the voice behind the camera is like, "Do you want me to kill him?" And she says yes. And you're like, "Oh shit!" But then it, it goes into this narration, yeah. and we see him um, jacking off in his shower. Yes. No, Chad really wants to emphasize the fact that that's in this movie. Well, that's how we started the podcast. I figure we like hit it pretty hard in the middle and then maybe again I mean, at the it end. It doesn't matter <laughs> that much. Um, so maybe, we see, you know, at the end after we've like rinsed off, maybe just like uh-huh. one, yeah, just one, one more. Good, go, go at it, it one, more, one more time. So we see his boring, miserable suburban life with his wife, Carolyn, who's an uptight and per- very particular yeah. uh, real estate agent. And uh, his daughter, Jane, who is angsty and hates her parents. They have two sets of neighbors, a gay couple and a new family in town. Homophobic Colonel Fitz, his near catatonic wife, 
and his artsy son who films everything on his camcorder. His name is Ricky. He, on the side, pretends to work as a caterer to hide the fact he's raking in dough from selling pot. So those are right. almost all of our main characters. Just, just one more. A whole lot of really well-developed characters. Let's I think it's just an ensemble of like good here. Let's start with um, Carolyn again because we have another a cat, like an, another Oscar nomination for Annette yes. Bening. She was nominated for this. Yeah. See, I think she's good in this movie. She's doing good work, but she just has nothing to do. Well, true. The script does actually, not do her any favors. No. She has a decent amount to do. I mean, I think that her. She arc- does, but it's like bad. Like she is turned into an asshole villain. Well. Sterling, so I was watching this movie. My roommate walked in, and he, you mm-hmm. know, and I forget what Kevin Spacey was doing, but Kevin Spacey was like doing something, and, sh- and my roommate was like, "Wait, is he not like the the hero of this movie?" And I was like, oh, "He's kind of a villain." He goes, "Oh, so who's the good guy?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, his daughter, <laughs> I guess." Well, uh, so they're we'll, all they're, they're, not really. The, the point is that like literally everyone is a bad guy except for creepy camera guy and which sucks that he's not a bad guy because he sucks he's well i mean not good he he is a bad guy he like he gets off on people being dead and it's yes weird and creepy so right so um no one no one's great but I think where this movie doesn't work for me is I do think there's a period of time where the lesser character starts to sort of become the hero and we're rooting for him. I think you're and supposed to I don't like that. empathize with him, especially in the beginning when he's like tired of his life and he wants like a change. Uh, yeah. But I think, you know, once he starts, you know, quitting his job and working at McDonald's or whatever, you're supposed to see that as being an overreaction. Well, some of these let, let's beats, talk about it when we get there. I yeah. don't know that I agree. Um, some of these beats just feel like they're played for laughs, like, more than anything. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So, Lester goes to watch his daughter do her cheerleading halftime show at a basketball game, and he spends the whole time fantasizing about her friend Angela. So, he continues to fantasize about her, and every time he does, she's covered up by red rose petals. So, he's mm-hmm. like lusting after her as she does cheerleading he imagines her in a bath later etc yeah um i think we're moving on on this it's one bad. There's not a lot to say yeah it's okay um, here's my question the movie makes you think understand that it's bad i think question so mark. yeah yeah well, again, this it's is something where it's like say. we need to talk about it later when it like recontextualizes some yeah. stuff at the end. I mean, definitely the way. So, like the the first incident or instance of it, incident and instance of it, we have is at the cheerleading match or whatever when he's just zeroed in on her, and the way it's filmed is very much like his point of view, how he's seeing it. It's very right. like sensual sexual and it's like filmed in a way that like i don't know i think it, i feel it like does people like pe- 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 people are free to get horny if they want to get horny watching that scene yes yeah i i, I, I think, think it's, it's relying on the fact that you know that she's underage mm-hmm. and it's relying on you being like this is bad right like right. she's underage but like i think that if you're kind of the, the movie doesn't go out of its way to, like, remind you that she's underage. 
Right. So so that's sort of the thing. Her being in high school doesn't necessarily do that for you because like I watch Riverdale all the time and all those kids are like old and like 24, like close to my age or whatever, right? Yeah. And so they're all boning all the time and half naked and that sort of yeah. thing. The, the show isn't supposed to be like trying to convince you like you should feel gross if you're attracted to these people, okay, which is what I sometimes think this movie leans into is the yeah. like whole... You like, hey, as a dad, you've kind of wanted to fuck your daughter's friends before, right? Here, here is sort the, of the, the difference between this movie and Riverdale is the Riverdale yeah. is like, you know, for it's pitched as like a show about teens for teens, and you know, when like when the Riverdale teens are boning, they're boning other Riverdale teens. Cur- well, except for like the first half of the first, for the first season, season yeah. Um, but like this movie. You know, not a whole lot of intra-teen boning. Uh, yeah, true. No. True, true, true. Um, yeah, so and Carolyn starts an affair with her married business rival, Buddy. Lester almost gets fired, but he elects to um, blackmail his boss for oh. $60,000 and quit. Um, he is choosing to take his life into his own hands and act recklessly, including bot, including starting to buy a pot from Ricky. He starts working in a fast food joint to have something to do during the day. He buys a fancy new car and starts working out when he overhears Angela saying he'd be really hot if he got into shape. Angela and Jane start drifting apart. As Jane gets more into her relationship with Ricky, he shows her video of the most beautiful thing he's ever seen, a plastic bag floating through the wind. Yeah. A lot there. Basically, this is kind of... It's not quite a montage, but it's just a lot of scenes where it's like... Lester's doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, it's just because, it's moving forward pretty quickly though, yeah. Um Ricky um, is filming Jane as she's like getting dressed and stuff, and that's not creepy, it's charming, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's like sucks a lot. kind of consensual. It's consensual. Eventually. Eventually. At first it was yeah. not, but it's yeah. it's an eventual consensual kind of situation. Yeah. Which, Which is not good. The the God, movies like this like created this breed of guys who like think being mysterious is like what it takes to like win a woman's heart. And then they do the creepiest shit to girls. Uh, and they think that it's like, Oh, I'll just wear her down and then she'll love me. Yeah. Uh, Hold on. You guys are married, right? That's not, it's not how it works. No, no. We both liked each other either (laughs) to start. So, Um, So, I, I, I think you're right, Chad, and I think this movie also created a certain generation of monsters who, like, watched the scene with the plastic wind and were like, oh, my God, it's brilliant. I understand art and right. the most annoying people in the world. I th- This movie possibly birthed, like, my least favorite people in 2019. <laughs> Potentially. Because the thing is, like, his whole point, right, is there's beauty in everything, which is, like, right. honestly kind of a simplistic message and yeah. one we hear better elsewhere. Yeah. Um, like, and it's not I one mean, I disagree with. It's just like you're sure. showing it in the most pretentious way. But there's a there's a bit in the office where Ryan, who we're never meant to... He, he's like a pretentious asshole. Ryan uh, is kind of uh, uh, Wes Bentley. From yeah. So he there's this bit where he like is like taking pictures of like unconventional things, like a picture of like a dumpster or like of litter on the side walk and he's like i see i just i find beauty in the in the things that other people uh i think don't find beauty in i should take pictures of you sometime thinks he can Uh, point his camera at a rock and be terrence malick 
right exactly when he doesn't realize that like even these you know simplistic uh cinematography like is very you know intentionally staged and right like but what's also interesting is that that shot of the plastic bag took four four attempts yeah but like like the the b unit did like two takes and uh and same as it was like fuck this i'll do it myself and right. he tried it and he mm. was like all right you're right this sucks maybe it's a bad concept <laughs> for a shot let's add some leaves in here and see if it helps uh, yeah. and, and apparently leaves were the magic ingredient well when you I, when you build it up in the script as this is the most beautiful thing i've ever yeah. seen the pressure's on to make this plastic bag look beautiful and i don't know that it is i think it's i mean it's fine like i yeah, don't it's, hate it it's, it's just fine. it's just a really pretentious idea yeah and it's not th- the ultimate worst in the movie it's just mm-hmm. like knowing what it probably i mean it's kind of oh, bad in the movie. this movie his is, whole character is annoying to me and but it, the other go it ahead it feels like the movie is written by this guy too like no, particularly that, the he's the one character who the movie yeah. doesn't really find any mm-hmm. fault with yeah which like, is wild the well, monologuing think, at the end i was like rolling my eyes into the back of my head it was so pretentious and bad but so I, I think go, go that ahead. this character and also the girl are like the, the 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 daughter who he falls in love with yeah are like the two characters that like get away clean out of the movie mm-hmm. um and well, i will we'll talk about that later i definitely think that this movie or he wes bentley himself is like in an author surrogate to some extent i think um, so too um, Even wh- if the author felt like he was more in a Kevin Spacey kind of time time in his life. Right. Yeah, so I... <laughs> a kind of wild thing to think about is, like, there is a definite scenario where this role was almost given to Jared Leto. Because um, this is when he was kind of in teen heartthrob stage because he was in My So-Called Life and he was in Fight Club and stuff oh, like that. Like, but wouldn't that make... the Like, Wes Bentley <laughs> is, like... More so, pal- palpable. Uh, I probably said pa- palatable. Palatable. Um, um, so when you said this role almost went to Jared Leto, my, my I don't my, know that it did. My, it's just like my, a good assumption. Well, my brain jumped to Jay Leno for some reason. And <laughs> well, that uh, would be a much better. It, it would have uh, been you guys, a uh, choice. You guys seen this uh, plastic bag? Uh, yeah. Oh, this yeah, plastic uh, bag. It's been in the news. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you see. <laughs> If you guys have ever uh, seen a dead person before, uh, it's uh, pure beauty if you look deep enough. Uh, so so <laughs> I, I, I just think that it could have been Jared Leto, and it would have kind of been the same thing. Um, Jay Leno okay. would have been a different thing. Yes. Would have been a much different thing. So Lester discovers that Carolyn is cheating on him, but instead of getting mad, he tells her that she can no longer tell him what to do, which is what every man wants. Also, she hadn't been telling wants. him what to do the entire movie. Not really. Um, Colonel <laughs> he, at least Fitz, he hadn't been listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Colonel Fitz starts getting suspicious of Lester's relationship with Ricky when he finds mm-hmm. a video of Lester shirtless in Ricky's video collection. He Ricky, also it seen... bears... Sorry, go ahead. Ricky it bears repeating, is a creep who films everything, including his male adult neighbor working out shirtless. And um, he's the guy who... Fr- God, okay, yeah. Cool movie. So, so 
Uh, okay. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Ricky goes over to Lester's house to give him weed, and through an almost Austin Powers level misunderstanding, the colonel thinks Ricky is slobbing on Lester's knob because of how the window is angled. <laughs> Have you guys? I haven't seen all of Austin Powers. I think it's the second one. There is a scene yeah. where he's walking around naked, and like there's constantly like a plot, a like plant or something like mm-hmm. that blocking his genitals. Uh, That's this thing. There's no world like so. <laughs> this scene pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> So, like, Ricky comes over, and he's, like, tying his shoes, and then Lester, like, leans back, and he, he puts his hand behind his head. And so, from the window, it looks like he's getting a blowjob, but, yeah. like, how? None of those positions are that natural. No. Like, it just was some fake bullshit uh, that made me so mad. So, so what, what Ricky is doing is he's, he's rolling a J. Uh, oh, that's right. And that's I don't right. want to say that I smoke weed, but I've seen people roll joints before. Uh, yeah. And it's not always in that, you know, very close to crotch position. No. I feel like uh, you'd, you'd sit next to someone on a couch and you'd... And yeah. turn probably away <laughs> you, from them, You honestly. find, like, a, the nearest hard surface you can find, like, the yeah. closest to a table that, like, I guess was, like, a footrest in this situation. No, it was it was, it was was a side table right by him, I think. Like, so he just bent his head so low and the thought, window blocked it perfectly where, like, you didn't see his, his head or Lester's crotch. What? I thought the surface was his erect penis. Yes. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Dad, <laughs> I wasn't blowing it. him. I was just rolling a joint on his <laughs> on dick. Something weird about it. Like, I was just. <laughs> it <laughs> made me so fucking mad. I was rolling just cheating on, on his ding dong. <laughs> rolling a J on his D is the correct yeah. Uh, yeah. joke to be made here. I wasn't um, giving a BJ, I was making a J on his D. <laughs> Okay, so the colonel <laughs> accuses Ricky of being gay and beats him, and because Ricky yeah. is a fucking dumbass, he gets fed up with his dad, so he just pretends that he actually is a prostitute for Lester and a prostitute in general. He gets stuff together to leave home. He's like, yeah, I do suck dick, and I'm good at it. And it's like, mm. what are what are you helping? Well, Literally he, nothing. He wants to be kicked out of his house is what's happening. But just leave. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I was just mad at the scene previous, so I think it <laughs> fell into this one. Um, so Caroline sits in her car crying, holding a gun, red herring, who cares? Um, (laughs) Jane and Angela are at the house. They're fighting because Angela has flirted with Lester. Ricky shows up and asks Jane to run away with him. And because he is the good moral man in the movie, Mm. insults Angela, calling her ugly and ordinary. Um, and that makes him a hero. It is a hero moment. Okay. I didn't need to stop editorializing. It it is, it is, it is a a hero hero moment moment. where it's like, yeah, you tell the, the dumb bitch. Like that's, that's, that's the mood. That's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, whatever. And the movie also very purposely like his, I read this whole thing where Angela, as the movie goes on, is wearing a lot more makeup and Jane's wearing less because she's becoming more genuine and Angela is like just hot and vapid and fake. And it's like, I love the Virgin Madonna like well, dichotomy that has to exist in movies. I, I actually I had that wrong. It was the, it's the it's Virgin whore dichotomy, the Madonna whore dichotomy. Yeah. I think Virgin and Madonna are the, the same thing. Um, yeah, uh, I actually think that Angela's character is kind of interesting just because of the of the way that they have her talk about how, like, um, yeah, men have, like, ever since I was 12, like, men just look at me in a different way. I did find that interesting because that, I, like, is a yeah. thing. But, but where, where it gets problematic is where she was like, and I like it. 
Right. Um, well, I mean, which, there's nothing wrong with but, embracing your sexuality. Yes, this yes, movie yes, just yes. does it. Yes, gross. yes, yes. I think yeah. that, like, this movie, if there had been, like, two beautiful women and one of them was like, I don't like the fact that your dad is staring at me. And the other one was like, I do. Like, that would be an interesting conversation to have. But this one makes it seem like, you know, all those hot, hot women that you stare at, even though you're 40. They want you to they stare at They want you yeah. to, and they want to have sex with you. Because they're hot, it is part of their... Yeah. And hot yeah. people want to have sex. And Angela yeah. like w- was joking, but also like said at one point, like, haven't you ever thought about how, like your dad in that way like and how big is dick it like she, she's like teasing him but yeah at the same that time, was it's, kind of meant as a joke but I at think, the same time it also feels with. a little bit like yeah even your daughter wants to fuck you you master masterpiece a little, of a man a little um, bit yeah. If, yeah but i the movie d- then treats it differently and i don't think that she wants to fuck her dad but no, 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 obviously no. uh but it's just it just feels icky all the way throughout. What is also interesting is that every time he puts his ear up to his daughter's door, they're talking about wanting to fuck him. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like not only like does their relationship not have, not pass the Bechtel test, but like mm-hmm. it, they don't pass the Bechtel test specifically about her dad. Her dad. It, yeah, it's it, it's it, this is where the movie gets. I get like, is this supposed to be a suburban male fantasy? If it, it like it does well in a way, it but is. maybe that's the point. Maybe yeah. that's the point is showing that it, it's dumb. It but. does in some ways feel like uh, the writer watched a lot of porn where it's just like the the storyline just always is as about sex basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. so like well, he literally I, can't even put his ear up to the door without like sex with him being discussed and being talked about. Like, I mean, I, I, I guess just, I should give the movie a little credit that like it is trying to be the male suburban fantasy and telling mm-hmm. you that all is dumb. That it's a lie. Yeah. It's, but it's, it just like it, leans into the fantasy a little too much. I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know. If I feel like it, and I'm saying this in 2019, 20 years right. later. But like, yes. I feel like it's not really breaking any new ground in that regard. Like, I feel like we all yeah. know that maybe it was at the time. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's more, hard but. to say that now because it probably was breaking that new ground mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but like watching this now, it's like okay, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of like suburban. Like this is real how like this is Desperate Housewives, but with, I, I, sure. with a dude. I just want my suburbia as crazy movies to be like Tim Burton movies. You know what I mean? Or like, suburbia. Or yeah, like I mean, like so Edward Scissorhands. It's like isn't suburbia kind of crazy? Also, there's mm-hmm. this guy with knife hands. Like to me, that's just more interesting than. Yeah. I'm cynical. Everything sucks. Yeah. I, I, I just think there's weirdly in 2019, like there are cynical movies I can appreciate and mm. think are well-made, etc. I just don't know how like, often a cynical movie is going to be my favorite. And movie anymore. there's, there's versions of like Kevin Spacey's character in television now too, that mm-hmm. succeed. Like Walter White is like a suburban dad who like decides he's going to shake things up and like do something completely different. That's a good point. Don Draper is a similar character. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, he he thinks he's going to be safe in his like suburban life. And then he's just like miserable and, once mm-hmm. other things it tries to find it in different vices. Yeah, but. you're right. I think we just have seen it better now, and yeah. it's not about them wanting to fuck a 15, 16 year old. Exactly. Yeah, like, like Walter White wants power. Don Draper doesn't know what he wants, but like 
they neither of them ever want to fuck a sixteen year old. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I know wants to fuck a lot of people. He does want to fuck a lot age. of people. That's, yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah, and I true. and that is us being hard on it in twenty nineteen. I think a little bit. Not that it was ever yeah. okay, but like, but it's the movie is telling you for it's us bad. Yeah, the movie is telling you it's bad, but well, it just I'm, is hard to watch. In the know. original script, they do have sex, yes. and it took it took the vice president of DreamWorks to convince what, him to change. Was it, it Katzenberg or somebody else? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. But like, I, like every like all the producers are like, "Hey, dude, this is gonna change, right?" And he was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, sticking to my guns." And then eventually, like, geez. it took like you know a top level person like having to be like you know how in greek tragedies like you know sometimes the hero will like, a decide a moment of clarity yeah. like that it took that conversation to be like let's not show um the, the main character of this movie fucking a 16 year old but i guess like yeah. lolita exists which is like all lolita about, was also like... written 150 years before this movie so <laughs> Well, it's the also, movie wasn't like there was a movie remake made like two years before. True, I think. true. yeah, there um, was a Kubrick did a movie in the sixties, and then there was another one in like ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, um, I just think like that movie probably is about how fucked up it is too. But it I, is it just like I, I think am it's, like it's more obvious. Like it's Lolita is a weird one because she's it, like thirteen. Too right, she like she's super she young. she grows up throughout the book, but it's oh, okay. well, <laughs> great. It, yeah, he's he's constantly like talking about how he's a monster, and he's telling the audience like, "No, I'm not a good person." In the book, and it's something that just doesn't translate to screen as well, because right. like on screen, you're constantly it's a similar problem with this movie where you're like. Uh, male perspective, like looking at this young body and like really well, sensual and it is shot ways. super male gazy, which again yeah. is the point because we're supposed to see it from yes. Lester's perspective. And in the movie, that's always jarring because it's just like more like in the book, it's always like it describes these things, but he's just like. I'm I'm sorry I'm telling you about how turned on how horny I am basically. Right. But yeah. it just doesn't translate to movie that well. And I think it's irresponsible <laughs> to like make these movies. Well, I don't right. know if he ever feels sorry for how turned on he is. Who? Kevin Spacey or Kevin Spacey. Lolita? Oh, yeah. Well, so let's get to that stuff. Yeah. Um so the colonel shows up to the garage where Lester's working out and tries to kiss him, revealing that he's a repressed homosexual. Boo. I hate that trope. Yep. It it's not great. But also, I I didn't realize how annoying this scene was until just now. Like, it, it's kind of just like a whatever, fine. He hates gay people because he is gay. Like, that is something that happens sometimes. Yeah. Not necessarily as often as movies make you think, but it does happen. It, um, it, always, it is a real thing. It always feels like a jab at the masculinity of the person. Like, a little bit, Every yeah. single time it happens in movies. Less so here than other cases. But it's like... I just hate that it tries to, a lot of times in a movie, it tries to explain away homophobia, where like sometimes you're a homophobe because you're a fucking asshole, not because of any other reason other than you suck. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? So like, and I I don't like that movies sometimes lean on this as like a, no, the only reason you hate gay people is because you are actually one yourself. You know, it just isn't the best. Apparently in the script, there were like other scenes that hinted at the fact that he was you know a repressed gay man um like there was like a vietnam flashback where he like fell in love with another soldier and that soldier died and he like took that Mm -hmm. as like a a god 
passing judgment on him for being gay. So, like, yeah. I think that, like, with a little bit more context, this doesn't feel as out of the blue. But, right. it, like, it truly sucks. Um, it, The other element of it sucking, though, when I was, like, referring to it didn't hit me until this moment, is this is just another moment of everybody wants Lester, which that's... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which, like, th- this in particular doesn't buy into the same narrative of, like... Uh, the male's like sub- suburban like dream of like because like he doesn't want well maybe he does want the men to I want think to he fuck kind him. of like, does he, he like he, he definitely th- enjoys telling him that it's not reciprocated he definitely exactly. like, gets off on telling I, him I that. think it's like a like oh I would never be gay but I would love if a gay man was into me because it would mean I'm hot to everybody right. I well, do think there's a slight I think that, that. that this is mostly just like its own storyline that happens to intersect here yeah. Um, I, I think this this is more tying into like Wes's storyline. I I don't yeah. know the Wes Bentley's character's name. It's a miracle I know the name of Wes Bentley. I will have forgotten that by the time this episode comes out. The only reason you know is because he shows up in Mission Impossible Fallout for ten minutes, and you're like, oh shit, he's gonna be a bad guy or something because there's no way they cast Wes Bentley to do nothing. <laughs> Spoiler oh, alert: they him. cast Wes Bentley <laughs> to do nothing. I actually only know that because on the Wikipedia page it was like there's a documentary about how Wes Bentley got this role, and I was like, wait, hold on. Which one's Wes Bentley? Um, so that's why that name stuck in my head. Right. Well, I mean, like even in Hunger Games, he exists to be the guy who gets murdered. So the fact he showed up in Fallout to do nothing was mind-boggling. Um, maybe he'll be bad in the next ones. So um, the, the the colonel leaves when Lester is like, no thanks. Lester goes upstairs and finds Angela upset. He comforts her, telling her that she's more than ordinary and they almost have sex. We she's like nude um before angela reveals that she's a virgin and in a moment that is supposed to show lester's not that bad he stops and this is where i was like "Mm, fuck this movie a little bit because this is supposed to be his moment of clarity or whatever Mm -hmm. but he only stops after she's a virgin and i don't have enough degrees to really unpack why that (laughs) sucks but it does well it it implies that like his problem wasn't well it, it just sucks. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, there is so much we could dive into here, and there are people who are more equipped than us to really delve into why it sucks. But basically, the overlying thing is like, oh, she's still pure, so he's going to leave her pure. Mm-hmm. But if she wasn't a virgin, he wouldn't have stopped. But guess what? If she wasn't a virgin, she was still underage. Like, it was still a problem. Yeah. So them presenting yes. it as a moment of clarity for him sucks because it's not he just has Mm -hmm. his fucking paternal protection turn on and starts thinking of her as a daughter which also fucking sucks like i i I think what happens is that he had been like assuming that like yeah she's underage but she's also you know has been around so it's not like he's the the first person to do this to her so he you know it's not she wouldn't really hold it against him um, but now that like, you know, he's the first and he doesn't want to be held like responsible for, even though this experience will still affect her, no still shit. Being, yeah. you still being an adult man who gets her naked, who almost does it and then stops. That even, is not going to be like, you still have crossed that line. Even though she didn't have sex with her friend's dad, she still got fully mounted by her friend's dad. Yeah. So, like, it's not like there's, like, a, a line in the sand that is the difference between being weird and normal. 
right. he is like all but one toe across that line. He's, right. He's and slowly so, dag- dragging his dick across that line. I think the <laughs> fact it's presented as the hero moment and knowing in the script it's supposed to be the moment of clarity. Right. That just makes it all worse to me. I yeah. I think even like I think if I had just watched the movie, I would be like, ah, well, he sucks no matter which way we slice it. But knowing that it was supposed to be a good moment makes it a bit worse for me. Then we get the narration from the dead guy that doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, And it's just really pretentious and just unlike anything Lester had said the entire movie where he's he's talking like you're – Wes Bentley character. Uh-huh. He's talking like this pretentious art student and not yeah. like himself. It's weird. And I don't like it. It's no. bad. So Lesser comforts Angela because uh, he's a true hero. But then he yep. she runs to the bathroom. He sits at the dining room table and is shot. Oh, my yep. God. Who shot him? Ricky and Jane find the body. Jane is upset. Ricky looks at it and smiles like a creep, which bears repeating. He's the good one in this movie, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, um, I, has, I did think as he stared at a dead Kevin Spacey and smiled, I was kind of like, same. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. There's a letterbox list where it's like movies you can, movies starring Kevin Spacey that you won't feel bad about watching because he dies or something <laughs> like that in it. I don't know. That's pretty uh, good. Um, Hadn't so, Wes Bentley said something earlier about the fact that he likes looking at dead people? Yeah, uh, said, like a, a dead animal. He said he, or something. No, he said he saw a woman die, and that it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. Yeah, oh, because I it was like he said something about, like, uh, "When you're in a moment like that, it's like God is looking right at you in that moment." Yeah. Something that that line stuck out to me for some reason. This dude's fucked up. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Carolyn comes in, finds out, and breaks down. The colonel returns home with a bloody shirt. A gun is missing from his collection. He was the one who killed Lester, but Ricky has taken one of his other guns. Um, so the movie ends with narration of Lester saying he's not mad at what happened so that because there's so much beauty in the world. We zoom out. It's suburbia. We zoom out. It's woods. Oh, my God. Look at all these pretty houses. Look You'll never the know the darkness bag. that's in <laughs> Dark darkness underneath. Blah 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 blah. Real quick, I want to talk about the original ending because the fucking movie sets up this ending and then just ends and doesn't deal with it. Okay, so yeah. the original ending was Ricky and Jane are put on trial for Lester's murder, uh, which is something that, like I said, the movie sets up the threads for. But drops. There's a the video where Ricky asks Jane if she wants him to kill her dad, and she says yes. Like literally, she says, that's the opening image of the movie this like is the correct ending it's a better movie so she says i'm joking as soon as that scene ends we see that but like that still is the setup and then ricky has one of lester's guns and so i guess in that version of the movie you don't find out it's actually lester until later i mean it does feel like that is definitely like extra stuff that is added on but the fact that they left those elements in i guess they wanted it to be a mystery who shoots him which is why they kept all that stuff like the wife also has a gun with her in her car so like it's setting up that it could be anyone yes but but yeah i don't know so so apparently that was the original ending which makes sense when you watch the movie because it, it just feels weird that there's all that stuff in it and then they yeah, don't do anything with it. It's literally structured uh, mostly like it's going to be that and then it just yes. ends early. Then it just ends. Um, I I just am a bit annoyed. That there's better versions of the there's fucked up shit happening in suburbia to me. Mark and I watched this movie not that long ago. 
called The Ice Storm, which is like this movie, but better. Um, it's very much like you don't know what this suburban family is actually dealing with. I mean, mm. I don't know. It it just I I I, I pff, that take is not that interesting of one to me. But it al- also I th- I bet this movie was crazy when people watched it. It just doesn't do anything for me now. I mean, I watched it and we didn't do the standard like had you guys ever seen this before. But I watched this. Uh, Mark and I were talking about it. Uh, we think we watched it together, which means yeah. this may be the third time I watched it. Because I do think I watched it in high school and was like, oh, wow, really yeah. deep. You know? Yeah. This I is just, my first time to watch it. And it just feels like, I mean, we talked about it already, like how I've just seen what it was going for done better so many yeah, times. For, for yeah, that's sure. the thing. You know? I've seen a lot more movies now, which I think <laughs> it kind of swayed it. And I'm a different person. Like, I am... Um, I, I, less on board with a lot of what this movie is I doing. I think that, that people were like blown away by Kevin Spacey and he's had better roles since then and uh, people really liked you know the probably the dream sequences were cool and like some of the the they dialogue. They are shot and, interestingly. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm also I've, I've seen that better other places mm-hmm. um, and like the, the sarcastic and like uh, cynical dialogue which I, I've seen that's been done again since then. Uh, in fact that kind of became a style uh, yeah, very much so. It just it just doesn't feel super original anymore. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I'll be completely transparent. I, like I said, I watched it towards the end of high school. And so I think there was part of me, I'm a much better person than I was then. And I know more about issues and things that are a bit like yeah. uh, more delicate and stuff like that now. I think in high school, I just didn't really put together like, oh, there's an age difference. This is bad. I think I thought... Oh, I'm 17. She's 16. She's hot. I get it. Do you do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. No, I like, think I think that when you're young, you don't really know th- that you're young. You exactly. know what I mean? Right. So you're like, yeah, he's an old person. That's just like a young person that's been young for a long time. Right. Exactly. Uh, but I'm like, like, she's 16, like I am. I see 16 year olds all the time and think they're hot. Why yeah. would I think he's wrong for thinking they're Whereas hot? Whereas now right. we're all like, you know, 24, and all of us are like, I would never ever even think about like doing anything with a 16 year old no and this, dude's, right. this dude's 40 right yeah so uh, yeah that that's just a matter of like perspective and time change, like have you talked like. to a 16 year old they're uh, yeah, children i, t- I talked to them about Fortnite. no truly if you interact with teens you're like oh they're like not in a teens are dumb kind of way like no, but they're, i, they're, I think that it. stuff sucks yeah there are just things where they are 16 yeah like um, they just haven't like have, experienced certain things yet. Like they like have. I have siblings who are eighteen and fifteen, and it's just like imagining, like yeah, mm-hmm. that that throws it in a weird perspective to me. But yeah, like I talked to my little sister about like Descendants and yeah. shit like that. Still, like it, <laughs> and that's just, fine. I was talking to a sixteen-year-old about High School Musical literally two hours ago. Yeah, um, like it, it's just it's I don't I don't know. Kids are great, but don't fuck them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. That's that, that, that's what I live by. That's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna sell it. Uh, uh, Kids are great, but don't fuck them. <laughs> Wearing that one to work. <laughs> no, no. It you, says don't. You fuck do them. work with it kids. Says don't like, yeah. fuck them. Right here, clearly. I would have my shirt like zipped up halfway. <laughs> so right. it would be like just says kids, kids are great. Are great. <laughs> kids are great. Um, or just like have like a weird like top. 
like that covers to the bottom just says, but fuck them. Um, so, it says kids no, 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 and then no, no, covers no, no. up the are great, but don't. <laughs> right. It just says kids, fuck them. It's just a weird, you're wearing like a weird shawl. Yeah, um, like, a, like a really right. weird vest that isn't long enough to cover the bottom of my shirt. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> is there anything else we want to talk about this movie? We we, we kind of talked about no. the how well has it aged question. We kind yeah. of think bad yep. is the answer to that question. I mean, Did it deserve best picture? We don't really think so. Mm-hmm. Election uh, is better. Like, it's fun to do that. Yeah, it, yeah. Does, <laughs> it does a lot of things better and like uh, treats its female characters better. Yeah. But of, um, the, of the best picture nominees, like Sixth Sense is better. Better. Uh, I think the, most of them The are. Insider is better. Uh, yes. Green Mile, not a huge fan. But I kind of think better. I don't know. I that don't one's think tougher. So. It's too long. It's yeah. truly too long. Too um, long. And then uh, the other one is shitty. It's, it's the Cider House Rules. Is, is <laughs> that movie sucks. The Cider House does not rule. Yeah. Um, so the one other thing I want to talk about, just so we can roll our eyes and pass out, American Beauty, it refers to a type of flower that is pretty on the outside but rotten on the inside. Insert fart noise here. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best God. Original Screenplay, oh and Best Cinematography. Cinematography kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm not mad at that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Cool that's the one I'll give it. it OG, cool like... Original screenplay. This feels like an original screenplay winner. Regard, like you know, oh. the, it always goes the kind of the weirder yeah. way. I don't think it's necessarily the worst screenplay. I'm not a fan of it in 2019, uh, but like, could have gone to uh, Six Sense or could have gone to Magnolia or Magnolia. Mm, Those I would have given it to Six all Sense. All three nominated. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but I would have given it to American Beauty. Six Sense is a very good screenplay because they handle that so twist and perfect, so yeah. damn good. Yeah, actually, fuck it. Yeah, yeah it's Six, Six Sense. Sense that's, that's the yeah. Yeah. It's Six Sense. Or probably second for me is being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Um, actor we've already talked about that it's insane that, again, fuck Kevin Spacey, but this was the one he won the Oscar. I, mean, I think he has a couple. Yeah, actually. I mean, yeah, fuck Kevin Spacey, but he's been great in some movies. And, in uh, some other movies. In some other, and in this I mean, one, he's, I don't. It's yeah. just, it's what the Academy does, is they just give awards to people who, like, are good actors on their most, like, boring performance. Right, well, which is, is why second. I'm terrified of when Amy Adams is eventually going oh. to win her Oscar oh, and for, it's going to be for, for something she no 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 she's not winning it this year but like whenever she does win it it's going to be for something annoying she's going to win and it this year I know it's it. going to be yeah. for Vice no it's going to be King's really annoying for Vice if she, um, if it's a shocking upset and she beats Regina King and it's for Vice I will be truly so pissed <laughs> off oh um, gosh best director I can kind of see like it's not a poorly directed movie um, and Sam Mendes yeah. is great, but yeah. he makes better things eventually. Um, Skyfall. Skyfall. Um, so, Skyfall, yeah, that's more kind of like a good movie. Isn't uh, it weird that he makes Skyfall? It sort feels of, like it, it but It feels not. like a completely different director. Yeah. It is uh, 15 years later, but still. Yes. Yeah. So the Oscar ceremony this year was hosted by Billy Crystal. That's just a fun fact that I figured you guys would like. Oh, um, man. Remember when it was hosted by people? Remember when it was hosted by people and they weren't <laughs> fucking trying to get rid of all the awards and wanted to make it three hours? I was, like, looking up this 
Oscar ceremony, and it was like four hours and thirty-one minutes. And I was like, "Hell yeah, fuck, that sounds amazing!" And now they're like, "If it's a second over three, um, three hours long, we're gonna kill every cinematographer in the world." <laughs> and we <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't get to see Bohemian Rhapsody win Best Editor. It's Just- truly fucking disgusting that, like, I mean, truly hair and makeup and uh best live action short sucks we're losing those it does but oh my god the fact that editing and cinematography are some of the ones being dropped i think that like sucks i i think that hair hair and makeup you can look at a movie and be like this has good hair and makeup right Mm -hmm. cinematography you can look at it and be like oh this is has good cinematography but, like, I, I think that, like, if you're going to cut some out, cut some ones that, like, people aren't, like, oh, sound mixing. I don't know what that is. Uh, and yeah. like Sure, sets. but I don't want to lose any of those. No, but, no, yes, I, you're right. I, I agree. The shorts could be somewhere else, mm-hmm. et cetera. It, like, they I, could do, like, a creative arts Oscars, like the creative arts Emmys. Yeah. That I, way you're not getting a shaft to anybody. I, I just feel like, like a person who doesn't pay attention to awards can look at the five pictures of movies that are nominated for Best Hair and Makeup and, yeah. like, form an opinion. And that's fun, right? I just, mm-hmm. I just think, like... If you ask anybody who is super into the Oscars, I don't know a single person who is telling you to make them shorter. I don't. Like, I know they're trying to appeal to an audience that isn't the standard movie person, but the chances of you getting them to watch the Oscars anyway are kind of low. We want it to be a big event. This is coming from Cody Cody Cuts Lunsford, uh, who wants everything to be short, and you want the Oscars to be long. Yes. Yes. I do. So, hey, Academy, listen up, pal. Because because the stuff they're cutting are the wrong choices. Yeah. Cut, you know what? Cut the dumb jokes. I mean, don't cut the dumb jokes. They're fun, too. No, keep them. Keep everything. Here's the thing. Make it Here's the thing. all day long. Oscars day. Go to a streaming site, yeah. even if it is abc.com. Go to a streaming site. Cut every commercial and sell it to somebody to be the one sponsor of the whole show. Like, that's that's what you do. They like, couldn't... Th- they lose money that way. N- not if you price it the right way. People Bud Light presents no the Oscars. advertiser would pay that much money. I don't know. I'm not completely convinced. Do the math. Ju- just one day do the math of how much money you make from those commercials. Well, we don't know how much the spots cost. They're not, like, you can, Super Bowl-level spots. You can make an estimate. Because there are 30 slots... And if mm-hmm. each of those 30 slots cost $50,000, all right, okay. Then that's hey, $6 million. Right hey, there. I thought it was a good idea, Cody. I think I, think I don't think anybody's going to buy an advertisement for $6 million. That's a lot of money. But then maybe split it up. I don't know. There's a way to do it with no commercials. Maybe it's like live action short presented by Totino's. Like I wouldn't be that <laughs> mad about it if we had the longer ceremony. I think there's ways to do it where you can incorporate branding into the show. And I, I'm also not against having commercials. I'm not like I would. It's a great time to me, go to the bathroom. Exactly. But I just think making it shorter at the expense of big things. Hey, I mean, d- Alfonso uh, Caron is winning cinematography this year and they're cutting that one. Like, that's, that's wild. Yeah. I don't understand um, the cinematography decision do, at do all. We gotta, like, do we vote on 
what's winning the year on this episode yeah, we, now? We got to finish this episode <laughs> right. now. So, right. So speaking yeah. of awards, we need to vote. Previously, we have decided election was the best movie of 1999. So mm-hmm. now we vote. Is election better than American Beauty chat? No, wait, wait. We're, it's going up against... Oh, American Beauty first. Got it. American uh, Beauty first. Yeah, election's better, obviously. I already said that. Can yeah. we skip this part? We're, we got to do the no, other. we can't. We, do the we, other can't. Other. we, we have procedure. Election, uh, election wins, Cody. Yeah, election wins. Okay. Election. It's unanimous. Cool. It's a unanimous. Election is better than American Beauty. So now we have to vote. Um, d- Is election better than our previously determined best movie of our lifetime from 1997, Titanic? I mean, who goes, Chad, go first. I need to think about this one, truly. I need I mean, to pray on this one for a second. I mean, election has like its own. I mean, they both have like their own personality, so like that's not fair. Election just has such a unique personality that like it's making me want to lean towards that. But then, I mean, we keep going back to Titanic because it just is Titanic. So that's where I'm at. Okay, I'll go ahead and vote Titanic. Okay. I I vote Titanic. Like I love both yeah. movies, but again, I am still bewildered by the absolute scale of Titanic and what James Cameron does with that movie and it is just like it being a 3-hour movie that is so fucking breezy and I it's crazy how much we've become Titanic stands in 2019, <laughs> but I really am is. like Here's the thing. If we had picked Iron Giant, I probably, I mean, I would have voted Iron mm. Giant over Titanic. That That's part of this game, right? Yeah. But I think Titan. there's something. And I, mean, I would have picked Magnolia as well r- over Titanic. I, th- there's just something ma- weirdly magical about Titanic that that movie fucking works. I think that, again, love election. Um, but, and this isn't a negative thing, right? That a movie feels like. 1999 we we've talked about that plenty of times Mm -hmm. before it's not necessarily bad that it feels like of a certain time or feels older but there is some kind of magic voodoo about titanic where it could have been made last year titanic truly could have been made like tomorrow like that could be the 2021 movie and i'd be (laughs) like best of the year give it an oscar yeah it just it just is wild because maybe it's because i have a very good blu-ray remastered version of it maybe and the rest of these i didn't watch as um, good of a version but it's gorgeous i watched uh, titanic on dvd from like rented from a library yeah, uh, gorgeous. Yeah, uh, it's so I such don't think a it's like pretty movie. The ver- yeah. I need to buy it on 4K. Um, Fuck. Oh shit, Mark! Buy it on 4K and you'll die. I might drown well, if I <laughs> water sounds, just starts peeping out. Sounds like I know what Mark's gonna vote for now, but um, well, well you don't know for sure. I so don't, don't know for like sure. try and I'm like, not trying to like the sympathy. I'm not trying vote. to like give an edgy or like yeah sympathy vote, but I. I don't know. It's 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 hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. We talked in the last episode about like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, movies and, are subjective. And movies being subjective. And Mark, like, it's not on 4K yet. You're gonna have to wait until it, they re-release it. It is Shame. hard to compare Titanic that I've like been able to sit with since like the year 2000 versus Election that I saw for the first time three weeks ago, and mm-hmm. to say that like 
Yes, Election is definitely better than Titanic. Like, how could I possibly say that? It does feel like an insane thing to say. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I should say Titanic, but something is holding me back. And I can't put my finger on what it is. Well, while that's holding you back, I'm just going to confirm the fact that I'm probably going to pick Titanic. Um, I like Election a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, Titanic, like Cody was saying, it's just magical. Uh, no, it's it gonna be. I don't crazy disagree. If nothing can beat Titanic, but I'm not. There's mad a, at there's it. a bunch of stuff that I think could beat Titanic, yes, especially think for so me too. personally. Yeah. Guys, um, we're setting up Titanic as this like unsinkable thing, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> How fucked is it that the Oscars picked the best movie of the decade? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got it right. I mean, sort of. One year they got it right. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, we just talked about American Beauty, Cody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, do I think Titanic is the best movie of the 90s? And there is part of me that thinks yes. But then, of course, like, I have my personal favorites, mm-hmm. you know, Lion King, Iron Giant, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Jurassic Park, I've got, I think, is probably on par with Titanic. Jurassic Park I've got is pretty Fargo close. Fargo as my number one of our best picture movies so far. What is it? Fargo. Okay. All I think, g- I think uh, let me consult my list, but it's probably like Jurassic Park, Before Sunrise, uh, Titanic. For me, it's Iron Giant, Lion King, Jurassic Park, Scream, Titanic. I forgot about um, Scream. So, but uh, the thing is... Sorry, I'm going to make it unanimous. It's Titanic. Like, it's, it is I, Titanic. I, part of me yeah. like, wants to not make it Titanic because it feels like... You know, oh, you you like Titanic? Cool, cool opinion. Like it was, it made the most money ever. Um, but I don't know, it's very good. Here's the thing: I'm sort of realizing is like there are movies that are more my favorite, right? All the ones I listed were more my yeah. favorite: Iron Giant, Lion King, Jurassic Park, Scream, Titanic. I may would say is the best movie of the '90s, though. I really think so. There are movies I love more, which is kind of a different thing, right? Uh-huh. Which is what we're choosing on Best Pictures. Like, it's the whole vote with your heart thing, right. you know? And which we do stand by. And if I voted for my heart, there's four more that I would put ahead of it. But if you're asking me, like, what is the biggest achievement, the best achievement, the most artistic yeah. achievement of the 90s, I think it is Titanic. Biggest, biggest achievement, I think that that's, that's obvious that that's Titanic, but yeah. I think Jurassic Park is an underdog. I think it's close. It's, it's close. I think that Jurassic Park is a huge achievement, and mm-hmm. I have Jurassic Park. So I, in on, in my list, I have Before Sunrise, Clerks, and Jurassic Park above Titanic. I, I don't think I'm not going to claim that Clerks is like a better movie than Titanic by any means. But is it more of your um, favorite? Like, there's nothing yeah, wrong with it. Just with has that. a personal yeah. collection to me. So, what's bizarre too that like uh, Jurassic Park? I agree, love it. Jurassic Park keeps getting like made or remade or that sort of thing. When's the last time something tried to be Titanic? That's also another Poseidon adventure. <laughs> I mean, sorta. I'm not even talking about the boat yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, just like an yeah. epic romance that like is that grand I mean, scale. People, like, I don't know. people do the like historical based like disaster movies. Like World Trade Center got like mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know that or, it was trying to be Titanic. I think Pearl Harbor was Pearl Harbor was. Trying to be Titanic. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a certain genre that some people like for whatever reason. Yeah, Titanic so t- did it the best, obviously. Yeah, t- Titanic rules. So now Titanic is the best movie of our lifetime. But I want to hear what y'all's ranking for 1999 is of the movies oh, we gosh. watched. So I'll do my ranking first. 
Uh, number one, Iron Giant. Number two, Election. Number three, Magnolia. Number four, American Beauty. Um, I am sitting at Magnolia, Election, Iron Giant, American Beauty. Yeah, we okay. definitely all have our own as number one, and right. American Beauty is number four. I have Election, Iron Giant, Magnolia, American Beauty. So yeah, I lost the year because I was there. both of your number threes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, but, man. But you were your number one, so like whatever. <laughs> um, no, I man. lost. It has to be a it has to be a competition <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Magnolia is not a bad movie. It's not. Chad, um, it doesn't have to be competition. But you, if it was, I won. You you yeah. didn't say that uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't say. I never said it was a bad movie. I said I didn't like a lot of it <laughs> and that it was too long. But it's not right. bad. Okay. I, I would be crazy saying it was bad. Um, maybe I said it was bad. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't like actually believe uh, hey, it. Hey, Chad, when you're editing this, um, put a soundbite of Cody saying it's bad from the episode. Uh, no, you know, because I say it's bad a million times an episode. It could be pulled from literally any place. Like, like one second ago, <laughs> like um, one second ago. Are we done with the podcast yet? I think, I think so. we are done with the podcast. I think we, we, I think we need to tell people the this episode of the podcast. Right? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> what if we did just fucking quit at nineteen ninety nine? We were like, damn. There's nothing more. We, we do can have do. twenty years left. Yeah. <laughs> We've done. <laughs> We've done seven. Seven. Years? seven. <laughs> we have twenty. <laughs> uh, what have we done? A quarter of the way through. Oh my god. Okay. So. <laughs> a. a Quick, uh, quick piece of business. Next, next week you'll hear. I mean, we do it after the thing, so you'll hear for sure. But we're doing our best pickies episode. Um, after that, we're gonna do the year two thousand, um, which is exciting. We have our picks lined up for that. We may have a bonus coming your way for the year two thousand, so get excited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to let people know what's coming. That uh, there's stuff. some fun things, and you can um, find me on social media at Chad yeah. A. Oliver, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. I'm uh, I'm most places at Watlington Mark. You can find me on the internet at Cody Lunsford on Letterbox at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter. Uh, you can find this show at We Pick Picks on Twitter and Instagram. Go to our Facebook group. Uh, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. That would rule. Um, if you want to see our personal rankings of the movies we've talked about on the show, check our personal Letterbox accounts. Go to Cody's Letterbox account. If you want to see what our best picture picks of 2018 are, which is what we'll be pulling for... F- pulling from for our best pickies episode next uh next episode and you can get a head start on our best pickies of 2019 which so far are a bunch of fucking shit mark has seen at festivals that there literally is no way for us to access yet and then also glass and eye flying bird so um it's fun stuff so um let's wrap it up Mark, what's the best movie of 1999? Election. Cody, best... I'm sorry. Chad, best yeah. picture of 1999. Election. Cody, best picture of 1999. Best picture of 1999 is Election. Hey, Mark, what's the best movie <laughs> of all time? Of our lifetimes? Uh, Titanic. Chad. Yeah, it's that. Titanic. Cody, what's the best <laughs> movie film of our lifetime? Well, guys, I feel like I'm flying because it's Titanic. Remember, everyone... <laughs> For Cody to be on the right place in the document. Okay, remember everyone, just don't fuck my dad, all right?
Next episode, it's time for the annual pickies. Catch up on the best of 2018 as we discuss best picture, best director, best actor and actress, best supporting actor and actress, best voiceover or or motion capture performance, best screenplay, and best animated film. Nine of those categories will be (laughs) said during... Uh, commercials that we finally get for the first time next episode. So uh, we have no host. We have three <laughs> random people um, chiming in. The Avengers uh, are coming by. The Avengers. Oh, don't. Well, we didn't get that. the Avengers. We got the Justice League. So it's not as. <laughs> we got the Justice League and good. we don't really want them to say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, you can either choose to catch up on every movie of 2018 (laughs) or, uh, not watch anything to prep for next week. Uh, we'll see you then.